Welcome to the Lord's house tonight. We're going to begin our service, please, by singing a well-known Christmas hymn, number 88, O Come, All Ye Faithful. Let's stand, please, as we sing. bow before the Lord, please, in prayer. We'll ask for His presence tonight with us as He guarantees the Savior will be where two or three are gathered in His name. Well, we are thankful that we have more than that here and joining with us online as well, so we're thankful about that. Let's ask the Lord's blessing on our time tonight. Father, we have gathered once more 
in this place of prayer and of worship. We have gathered, Father, in Jesus' precious name. And we pray at the beginning of our service we might know the leading, the help of the Spirit of God, the application of the truth to our hearts with power. Lord, we are ourselves very limited, and yet we come to leave ourselves, O God, before You tonight and praying that we would be filled with thanksgiving and our hearts overflowing with praise. O come, let us adore Him. Dear Lord, help us tonight, we pray, in our, our worship. Help us in our praying, both publicly and privately. And dear Lord, bless the young adults as they will sing tonight, and those who will magnify the Savior by playing on the instruments. And Lord, we pray that in all of these things we would worship and adore our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, draw very near to us now, we pray. We ask that blessing would be upon each one gathered here, every believer, those who are struggling with issues of faith, understanding. Maybe they're not saved, Lord. We pray that that work of grace would be done deeply in their heart tonight. We pray for our sick ones again. We ask for Your blessing upon them in the hour of their need. We pray for those that have lost loved ones, that they would be comforted in their heart. We pray, dear Father, for the combined public witness of our church and this congregation here at Nielsen and Finch. Bless the gospel message that goes out through our electronic sign. Bless every personal witness that is being made. And Lord, we pray that all of us will have the joy of pointing men and women to Christ. Dear Lord, pour out Your Spirit tonight on every one of us who know Christ. And I pray that we would be faithful in our praying. Thankful, Lord, for a praying church, a body of believers that understands and knows the weight and the value of intercession. And Lord, we come to lay hold upon You tonight. And we pray that there would not be a family in our fellowship that would be untouched by the great power of the Spirit of God moving in saving our unsaved loved ones, in building us all up in our, our most holy faith, in, Lord, guiding and directing our lives in Your will and for the glory of Jesus. And, Lord, that we would be kept safe and protected in this evil day as we endeavor to take our stand for right and truth. We pray for our nation. We ask for our political leaders. We pray, Father, that they would come to know Christ as their Savior. We pray, Lord, that in the meantime that they would be restrained from doing evil things. 
and that, Lord, You would allow righteousness and morality and godliness to flourish in our land through the preaching of the gospel and the saving of people and the building up of faithful witnesses and works. Lord, bless all of those men who are faithfully preaching the gospel of Christ from pulpits across our nation. We, of course, Lord, remember those that are more closely connected to us. We pray for those also who are just faithful to Christ. Bless them abundantly. Remember our missionaries today. Remember those in far-off places. Lord, remember our brother, Reverend Song Ki Lee in South Korea. We ask for blessing upon our dear brother and his family and the congregation there. And Lord, may they multiply and grow and see that work firmly established. Remember all of our mission stations tonight. And Lord, we also are mindful of believers who are suffering persecution because of their love for the Savior, their desire to just be a witness for Christ. And maybe they're in prison or some other very dire circumstance, maybe in danger and countries where their persecution is running rampant against believers. Lord, keep them safe, we pray. Those who are in war-torn areas, may Your hand of protection and grace and blessing be specially upon them. And Lord, we don't know their names, but we're thankful, Lord, that You know every detail about their lives. As they belong to You, they are Your children. And so, Father, hear our prayer tonight. May we know great joy and happiness as we've gathered together tonight in this service, in this meeting. And Lord, for those who are visiting for the first time, bless them in their own hearts. Bless the Word of God to their souls. Maybe someone tonight is tuned in online for the first time. Lord, use Your own precious Word to strengthen their hearts and encourage them. How thankful we are, Lord, for all temporal blessings that we have. There are, they are many. We cannot begin to enumerate them. But Lord, so far beyond that, our spiritual blessings are so great, so vast, so immense. And all of them have come to us through our Lord Jesus. And so we magnify His name tonight. And we pray, Lord, that we will be found faithful servants unto our God. Bless us now as we continue in our worship. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Number 91. Number 91, once in Royal David City. Standing please again as we sing.
You are singing very well tonight to the praise of God, and that's always an encouraging thing for a pastor to hear. And we always challenge you that when you come to sing and worship the Lord, well, it should not be with half a voice, but it should be with all our lungs and all our spirits and all our hearts. And so, as you sing these hymns, well, I pray that throughout the course of the week, they will come back to you with sweetness and with power, and they will be an encouragement to you in your own uh, heart. And you know, when a Christian is truly praising God, well, it's much easier for us to be encouraged and be of a good courage, as we were thinking about this morning. And uh, sometimes when all the issues of life are going around, you know, it's not so easy to be encouraged. Uh, but we're thankful that God has blessed us with His promise, His Word, the victory of Calvary, and the joy of the Lord. And when we think of all the things that we have in Christ, it makes it, well, so much better for us to stand upon the firm ground of rejoicing and giving praise to Him. No matter what troubles happen, every family's got issues, every family has problems, every person has issues. Well, we have to always keep those things in the right perspective, to always see them through the finished work of the Lord, always view them in the light of Calvary, because then we will see that God's ways, His purpose, His plan is so much better and it makes sense for us. We're going to read tonight in our Bibles in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10. <clears throat> the context of this portion of the Word, Moses is relaying how that when he had received the two tables of the law by the finger of God the first time, and he came back down into the camp of Israel and he found that they were having a party. Now, this was not a good party. This was a party where people had given over themselves to feasting and they got Aaron to make the golden calf and they were bowing down to that golden calf as well as what they thought worshiping the Lord Jehovah. They were mongrelizing their worship with the world in the most, well, the most evil way. And God said to Moses, get back down to the camp because your people have defiled themselves. And so Moses, on his way down, he saw that and he threw those stones, that tablets down that God had made and broke them in pieces. Well, the Lord didn't leave His people there, nor did He leave His Word in that way, but He called Moses up again into the mount, and the Lord gave him another set. Well, actually, He brought the stones with Him, but he also built an ark, and the, that was the Ark of the Covenant that he was to keep those testimonies in. And so Moses had that prepared and built. And when he got those commandments the second time, that's where they were deposited. And so he's giving the account of what has taken place here. We're going to pick up our reading at verse 8 of Deuteronomy chapter 10. At that time, the Lord separated the tribe of Levi 
to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister unto Him, and to bless in His name until this day. Wherefore, Levi hath no part nor inheritance with his brethren. The Lord is his inheritance according as the Lord thy God promised him. Stop there for a moment. In our prayer meeting last Wednesday, we were considering how that the Lord is the portion of His people. And when we think about God being our portion, our inheritance, that which we have as our possession, why there is great encouragement for us and a blessing. And in this sense where the tribe of Levites, they were set apart by God, and instead of the Lord taking the firstborn of every tribe, the Levites were set aside to be His priestly tribe and ministers and servants. And look what their responsibility and task was. They were set apart that they might minister unto the Lord, that they might praise His name, and they didn't have an inheritance among all the other tribes of Israel because the Lord Himself was their portion. He was their inheritance. And then you think of you and I as being both kings and priests unto God. The Levitical tribe has now been done away with. Christ fulfilled all of those types and shadows. And so every believer today is a priest unto God. And what do we offer unto the Lord? We offer the sacrifices of our praise. We offer our worship unto Him. We are priests unto our most holy God, and He is our inheritance, not just for time, but for all eternity. Verse 10, And I stayed in the mount, according to the first time, forty days and forty nights, and the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also, and the Lord would not destroy thee. And the Lord said unto me, Arise, take thy journey before the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swear unto their fathers to give unto them. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all His ways, and to love Him, and to serve the Lord thy God, with all thy heart and with all thy soul, to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes which I command thee this day for thy good. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's, thy God, the earth also, with all that therein is. Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you, above all people, as it is this day. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart, and be no more stiff-necked. For the Lord your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which 
regardeth not persons nor taketh reward. He doth execute the judgment of the fatherless and widow, and loveth the stranger in giving him food and raiment. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. Him shalt thou serve, and to him shalt thou cleave and swear by his name. He is thy praise, and he is thy God that hath done for thee these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. Thy fathers went down into Egypt with threescore and ten persons, and now the Lord thy God hath made thee as the stars of heaven for multitude. May the Lord bless His own precious word to our hearts tonight. Pray you be encouraged as we have read. We'll be referring to this portion of Scripture later on as well, so keep a flag in that area. We're very pleased that our young adults are with us tonight, and they're going to minister to you in song at this time. You folks, please come.
Come and worship the newborn King. That's what it is all about. As we, as believers and as followers of Christ, we want to spread that message as far and wide as we can. That's the great commission we have in the gospel. It is to tell others of what the Lord has done in leaving the glory of heaven and coming down to take on human flesh so that He might be our Redeemer and Savior. Thank you, young adults, for sharing that message, those messages in song tonight. want to welcome you all to our evening service. We're glad that you are here, and we trust the Lord would encourage your heart. We have visitors in again tonight, and we want to welcome you very specially from the neighborhood. And we had some folks that were in this morning that were new again, and that's always a blessing. So as I always say to you, whenever you see someone that's new in the service, make sure you make them feel very, very welcome. At the end of the service, make sure you shake their hands and encourage them. This coming week, we have our regular prayer meeting. It will be the last prayer meeting in our congregation as far as the, this year is concerned. And we meet at 7.30 every Wednesday night, both in person in the basement of our building, and then also on Zoom if you're not able to attend physically. So we want to encourage you regarding the prayer meeting this Wednesday. We have so much to give thanks to the Lord for, and uh, this uh, prayer meeting night will be just that, a note of thanksgiving to the Lord and praising Him for His goodness to us over this past year. Next Lord's Day will be our normal service in the morning where we have Sunday school, first of all. No, no Sunday school next Lord's Day. But we have a worship service in the morning at 11. And we also want to uh, remember that we have our international lunch after that. And everyone is invited and welcome to come to that uh, next Lord's Day after the morning service. And then, please don't forget that 2.30 in the afternoon next Sunday, the 24th, will be our afternoon praise service, and there will be no evening service next Lord's Day. And then following that, there will be no prayer meeting the following week, but we'll make that announcement next week for everyone who will be here and wanting to know more detail about that. Let me encourage you to remember our daily Bible reading calendar. We have had this one for all of 23, and there will be a new one next week here, Lord willing, for 2024. And we trust that you will take this up, the new book that is, and you will follow the best that you can the reading schedule. And whether you use this schedule or use another schedule, whatever that is, however you're reading through the Bible, make sure you do that in a custom and habit every single day, you will know the Lord's blessing upon you. If you have not signed our Christmas card yet for the Pregnancy Care Center, that's our appeal this year, and then you would mark on your envelope some extra donation that we would see goes toward that very necessary local ministry here in Scarborough. And then please also don't forget the appeal that we have for our new bus that we need for our school and our church. It's going to be a project of raising funds for a little time, 
And we pray that you will do whatever part you can to help us along that regard. And not forgetting our ministerial students and those who are involved in works. We want to support them, our missionaries and our student ministers, as they serve the Lord. If you haven't signed up for our international lunch, do so tonight before you leave. We want to know how much preparation we have to do and make ready for. Please turn to another hymn, number 566, Channels Only, Blessed Master. We'll remain seated while we sing the opening verses of this hymn. as we sing this final verse and let's think carefully of these words as we sing and take our time with them. Jesus, fill now with Thy Spirit hearts that full surrender know that the streams of living water from our inner man may flow. Let this be the prayer of our heart that we will be channels only that the Lord may make use of us that His blessing will flow through us in order to make us a blessing to others. Final verse.
Please turn now in your Bibles to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. Let's bow, please, before the Lord and just pray His truth into our hearts as we have read tonight. Father, as the Scripture is now open, we pray again for hearts that are settled and still, for the Holy Spirit to come and help me as Your servant to speak the Word faithfully and clearly. We pray, Lord, that it might please You to work in the hearts of any who are unsaved, that they will be brought to faith in Christ Jesus. Dear Lord, receive our prayer tonight in Christ's name and glorify Your own name, Lord, through us, we pray. So hear us now. In Jesus' holy name we ask. Amen. At the close of our service tonight, we're going to have an ensemble of instruments play for us. And as they have been serving the Lord as the young adults were doing in their ministry tonight in song. And we're so appreciative in our services of our instrumentalists that accompany and play along. That is much appreciated. And as they serve the Lord in that capacity, I want to speak to you tonight on the issue and the matter of what it means to serve the Lord That's the theme that came out from Deuteronomy chapter 10, and it certainly is a great theme that comes through Psalm 100 and verse 2. Lake makes that highlighted for us. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. How much a part of our serving of God and our congregational singing is part of that very ministry that we offer unto the Lord. 
It is a great privilege that God gives to us to be able to worship Him. And one of the key ways in which the New Testament church and the Old Testament church, for that matter, they came before the Lord, God appointed singers, and they worshiped Him. And as the Lord has given us a great opportunity to come together, those of like precious faith, to gather in solemn worship services, a major part of our, of our contribution, the major part of our giving of worship unto the Lord is that we are able to sing. And as I mentioned earlier, the joy that we have in lifting our voices and our hearts to God in song is that we are singing the truth of God. We are singing the doctrines of the Word of the Lord. And as we sing them to Him, we want to do so solemnly. We want to do so joyfully. We want to do so with much energy as we praise the name of God that is so worthy of what we can offer unto Him. Serving God, it is a great theme, not just in Deuteronomy 10 or Psalm 100, but we know it is a theme that is carried through the entire Scripture because at the very heart of God's creating us and creating the angelic world, the theme of praise to Him, it permeates all of the Scripture. Because not just while we are here on earth, but believers, it's going to be our song for all eternity that we will be worshiping God. How that will come about, the form of that, we don't fully know. Sometimes people wonder, what will we do for all eternity in heaven with God? Uh, if in our inability, because of finite reasoning, we get bored so quickly with stuff, we wonder, is it going to be a tiresome, weary time in heaven? Ah, oh, friend, we must put those thoughts far out of our minds because to be in the presence of our God and to be able to lift our hearts in worship, in serving Him in that capacity for all eternity, it will be a wonder that we have not yet entered into. <coughs> Serve the Lord with gladness. This is the theme and the praise that is on our hearts and will be for all the time that we live on this earth. It's a good thing to ask ourselves periodically, how is my service unto God? How am I doing in that part of my Christian life? And when I say part, it really is that which is to encompass everything about what we are doing for the Lord. We are to offer ourselves and our lives as vessels, as servants unto the Most High God. There is no higher aspiration that we could have in this life but to serve our Savior Savior 
and to serve our Father in heaven. And the Holy Spirit has promised that He will come and He has been given to us to help us, to aid us in that very heart's desire that we have to live for God. And dear believer, let that be the central theme of our life. Let it be that which motivates every day when we get up from our beds. May we say, Lord, how may I serve You today? How may my life be that which makes a difference to those that I meet around us? We meet around us. There is so much that is filled with sadness and grief and anxiety. We are in a troubled world. I need not expand on that. You've watched the news. You see little things about it, both here and you see from far off. And we know that there is a troubled world in which we have And therefore, as believers, we are to be lights to reflect the beauty and the love of Christ. And in so doing, we want to be those vessels that are given and open to serve the Lord with all of our beings. Vessels unto honor, sanctified and ready for the Master's use. Yes, believer, let us be sure that we are in that particular place, that we are ready to serve God at any time and at all times. As we think about what it means to serve the Lord with gladness, the first thought I leave with you tonight is that we come to this table from the vantage point of a debt of service unto God. And the debt that you and I have is a great one because the debt is our our sin that is so great, so vast, that we could never have paid for that on our own. And so we are like that servant in the New Testament that had so much debt that he could not pay, and the king frankly forgave him all. And so our God in heaven through what Christ has done for us, has frankly and totally and completely forgiven all our transgressions and sins. There is not one sin that will be held against us again for all eternity. Oh, friends, stop and think about that for one moment. And when we think about the debt of our service, I want to make it very clear there is no way in which we are serving God in order to try and pay back some of that debt. Because that's an impossibility. And none of us could pay anything in order to gain or to pay back for our justification. The Lord Jesus has paid that debt completely for us. And He paid it totally. But you know, when we think about the great debt that we have been forgiven... We come with love in our hearts to our God. And we come well with the memory of where we have been saved from. And the great hole and depth of the sin that we've been delivered from. 
And because of that, we come to praise and to give thanks to our Lord, and we have no idea of boasting of our worthiness of salvation. No, in no way, friends. We don't boast of anything like that before the Lord, but rather we come to Him and we humble our hearts. And we say to the Lord, Father, we have been forgiven so much. We have no reason to boast. We have nothing that we can offer unto God to make us worthy or to make us acceptable. But we do have the memory of that. And we have along with that memory a reason to praise our God. We have a reason to thank Him because the debt that we have been forgiven is so great and what we have been given is so great in place of that debt. We have been given everlasting life. Oh, my friends, tonight, let the truth of so great salvation settle down upon your mind. Let it settle upon your heart. And because of the great mercy of the Lord that we have been given the privilege to serve Him. Let's be honest and clear. God does not need anything from us. The Lord is not going to be improved upon because we offer to Him our puny little offerings of service. The Lord could get along quite well without any of His creation. But it has pleased our Father. It has pleased our God to make the angelic world. It has pleased our Father to speak this world and universe into existence. And it has pleased our Father to make of us His peculiar treasure. We are His people we have been washed in the blood of Christ. We have been justified and set upon that rock of everlasting footing and standing. There is no condemnation against us anymore. And it has pleased God that He would receive worship and service from us. Now, believer, that is a wonder of grace that is a wonder that is so vast, so broad, so deep, so high, I cannot attain unto it. I cannot begin to describe it. And into your hearts, let that truth rest that the Lord is pleased to receive from us the service that we offer to Him, a great debt of service that we owe but I want you to notice in the second place, there is in this service immense dignity. Moses is referred to a number of times in the Scripture as the servant of God. When Joshua was taking over, the Lord said to him, Moses, my servant, is dead. And the end of the life of that man of God had come. 
And God had taken him before Moses was able to come into or lead the people into the land of Canaan because of a setback in Moses' life. But all the way through, he is repeatedly brought to us as Moses, my servant. And if we knew nothing else about this man, apart from the testimony that God in heaven said, that man is my servant. There is a great dignity that the Lord in heaven sets upon those words and upon the people who receive that name, that marker. But friend, there is something far greater than that. Because our Lord Jesus Christ became a servant, a servant of His Father in heaven. But much more than that, as far as you and I are concerned. And this elevates the purpose and the value of our service to such a dignified place because Christ Jesus became our servants. He went all the way to the cross in order that He could serve us and save our souls. Friends, when we realize the privilege and the dignity that God has set upon you and me to be able to serve Him. We look toward our Lord and we see what He has come to do for us. And we take from that the great message of humility, the great message of servitude. And how better could it be illustrated that when the Lord just before He was going to be crucified, He gathered His disciples together and He put on a towel wrapped around Him. And He bent down before His own disciples with a basin of water and He washed the feet of them. The King of glory knelt down to serve them. And when He had finished, he got up and he told them, as you have seen me do, so you will do likewise. And friends, don't get distracted on the, the very mechanism or that particular issue of the washing of the feet. Because if you get tied up in that particular issue, you're going to lose the greater message that our Lord Jesus was communicating. Because he went on to say that the, the Gentiles, they, they make servants and slaves of all. And they have others to serve them. And the kings of this world do the same thing. But it will not be like that among you, my servants, my, my people. But he that will be great in the kingdom of God will learn what it is to serve others. And so the great message that the Lord Jesus gives us in this elevation of servanthood itself being so dignified, so special, is that we are called to follow Him in serving others. And so the idea of the washing of the feet is merely a picture, a type, for we are to serve one another in the Gospel. We are to serve one another as we would serve our Lord, our God. And that's why as Psalm 
100 verse 2 says that we are called to serve the Lord not with a grudging spirit. We're not to serve God out of obligation. We're not to serve the church because we are forced to or we think there's going to be some extra check marks beside our list. No, none of those things. We are to serve each other, and in so serving one another, we are indeed serving our God. And let us do therefore gladly, joyfully, giving of ourselves. Paul refreshed the minds of the Corinthian Christians about their giving of their resources for the church. And he said to them, God loves a cheerful giver. He loves one who gives hilariously, is the Greek word it. He loves people who give to his purpose. You think about that when it comes to each other and our service for God. When we come to serve the Lord, people, do we do it sometimes with a spirit that is less than Christ-like? Yes, sometimes we do. Sometimes we have. But it's very good for us to be taught by the Word of God, to see the examples that we have in the Scripture, and to say, Lord, please write them upon my heart and give me a spirit that is one of humility. Give me a humble serving spirit because I say to you from the warrant of Scripture that when that is done, we can see the the dignity that Christ Himself sets upon our servant attitude. I'm thinking about this tonight as we all come to a point of reflecting upon the end of a year And it is a good thing for us to take account. I've been challenging you about taking account of our our offerings unto God. When I challenge you, I challenge myself. Because pastors also give of their tithes and their offerings unto God, as everyone in the church is called to do that as believers. And it's good for us to reflect upon these things because in giving of our material things, We are serving the Lord in that capacity. And we are to serve Him hilariously in our giving. Serving Him joyfully in our giving of our material things for the maintenance of the work of God, for the missionaries that are on the field, for a thing that's mundane like a bus that's needed for our ministry. Yes, we want to serve God in that area. And all of these things are encompassed in the the dignity of serving God giving of ourselves, giving of our substance, giving of our time. Now, all of these things, they, they come together, and it is a very precious thing, and it's a very rewarding thing, because when the Lord has lifted this up for us, some people would think it's a bit, it's a bit beneath them to get involved in the idea of serving, That's the very thing Christ teaches us. If we want to be useful in His kingdom, learn what it is to be the servant of all. I want you to notice in the third place tonight the direction for our service. Now, this is so obvious. 
that it hardly needs to be stated because we are called to serve the Lord. But is it always that obvious? I say to you, my dear friends, it is not. And I know that in my own heart. I know that in my own spirit. I know that when I'm called to serve the Lord, yet there is, it's so vital, so important for us to never allow that to be out of focus in our, in our ministry one to another and in the local church and in the greater church of Christ. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, our service for God is called reasonable. It's a word that simply means it, it grows out of a clear understanding of an obligation. It's something that it does not have to be seen to be forced out of someone or drawn out of them by some sort of stretching. No, it's something that, oh, it's, it's an opportunity for me. It's a blessing for me. It's something that so flows naturally from my life. It's as natural as eating. It's as natural as sleeping. It's as natural as living. And God calls us to that higher level of service for Him. And in so doing, we are serving our Lord Jesus. And He calls us as we are directing our service unto our Savior, we are directing our service unto our God. And believer, you know it as well as I do, that when we are serving out of that Spirit, when we are serving with that direction, it, it clears up a lot of problems. It takes away a lot of discomfort. It takes away sometimes annoyances, because we can be annoying one to another at times. It's just the personalities of being human. When you rub too close to people, and you rub shoulders with folks, and you're in confined spaces and serving, it's possible that we could get a little bit on each other's nerves. Well, that's why the Apostle also warned, don't let a root of bitterness spring up whereby many could be defiled, but get that root out. And it's also so important for us to see that in our service, when we are ultimately offering that unto our Father, we are ultimately serving Christ in what we do. You can forget a lot of things. You can let a lot of things go just past you and say, oh, I'm not going to worry about that. I've got a greater calling, a greater purpose. And you continue on serving in the Lord's work. But isn't it so troubling when a small problem arises and people get out of joint, their noses twisted, and you, you know what happens. We lose focus. Serve the Lord with gladness. We are called not to be weary in well-doing. And that exhortation comes more than once in the New Testament. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So, the idea of becoming weary, well, when you exert yourself in a work and you're diligently applied to that, you're going to become weary in body. 
in a physical sense. Well, it's also possible to become a bit weary spiritually too. And yet the Lord said, be not weary when you are serving a higher cause. Don't become worn out and set aside when we know that what we're doing here and now in time is we are living for God. We are serving for Him. We are living for the Lord. Friends, let's not, if it has happened in this past year, let us realize where we have gone a little bit wrong and let's come back and pray, Lord, do not allow me to lose focus. Do not allow me to be distracted by my own personality flaws, by my own sense of not getting what I want or my way, not, not being given the place of distinction that maybe we think we deserve in a local church or setting. No, no, let's put all that stuff away from our minds. And when we see the Lord and we are serving Him, the other things will fade away. Friends, remember this, that when we are serving the Lord, that He is no man's debtor. Some may wonder, what does that mean exactly? It means that the Lord will never be indebted or owing something to you as His child. So if He's called you to serve Him, He's called you to serve the local church, He's called you to serve in the mission field, you're not serving some horizontal cause. We are serving the vertical cause of the glory of His name and the honor of Christ Jesus. And that being the case, you cannot outgive the Lord. You cannot serve and worship Him and give your resources and give your time and your talents to the living God. And the Lord at the end of the day is going to say, Oh, I guess I, I owe you a little bit more. I didn't quite pay up. No, that's never going to be the case. Because the Bible says the Lord is no man's debtor. You cannot outgive Him. You give yourself to Him and you serve the Lord in that way. My dear friends, He will be sure that you are taken care of, both in a physical sense, but so much more in the spiritual sense. He will bless you with spiritual blessings on this earth, but the promise that comes from Ephesians Spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And after all, are we not looking for that day of the reward in heaven? Christ told us, don't lay up treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt, thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in glory. We are serving the Lord. And that's the best place to make your investment. Through COVID, sometimes that's a bad word when you think back at it, but it almost seems a bit like a blur now, those years that uh, were upon us. Investments, markets, things were so volatile then. Investors had advice, go in this direction, invest this way, invest that way. And uh, sometimes they were right, sometimes they were very wrong. 
And people may have won big or they may have lost big. But the fact is, when you invest in the Lord's work and you invest in Him, it is not earthly and temporal and visceral, but it is very much eternal and heavenly and will never rot or rust away and cannot be taken. Ah, yes, friends, we all have to be reminded about that. One final thing we live with you, and it's this. There is great delight in serving the Lord because He speaks of serving with gladness, not with sadness. Yeah, the word rhymes. And don't ever let that be our case. We don't come to worship the Lord or serve Him out of drudgery. We need to be always careful that we are paying attention to our spirits, our attitudes, our motives. What's driving us? Are we serving God for some other reason? If that is the case, friend, there will be no joy in that. The joy of the Lord is your strength, Nehemiah records for us. And Christ has given and written His Word for us. These things have I written unto you that your joy may be full. And the Lord wants our service for Him to be so much the opposite of drudgery. He wants it to be of delight. Quite frankly, it's not always easy, is it? Especially when problems come down your pathway. Problems in your own personal life, problems in the family, problems in the church. And these things happen to us. And it's hard to have that, that spirit of true worship and delight in the work of God. But this is what He's called us to do. You cannot get any more clear evidence than what we have in Psalm 100, the second verse. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Because when our service is truly motivated because of the great debt that we have been forgiven, because we see the dignity of our service and the direction that's unto the Lord, then there is truly a delight. And we will sing. And we will praise Him. And the song of the Lord, <clears throat> it's not the song of the world. It's not mirroring the song of the drunkard. It's the song of true thanksgiving and worship. And it is coming before the Lord in the beauty of His holiness. And so, believers, as we've been thinking about this tonight, as we take a moment and review what this past year has been for us, it's time for thanksgiving. It's time for reflection. It might be some time for setting accounts right in our own hearts before the Lord too. And in all of those things, let us never forget that the Lord has saved us to serve Him. No one is to be a couch potato. No one's just to warm a pew. Everyone is to be engaged in the service of the Master. And when we realize we're doing it for the Lord, He gives us that great joy and that great delight. But friend, what about in fact, tonight, if you're not a believer, if you're not saved, you've never tasted that the Lord is gracious and good. You don't know Him. Well, you can't serve the Lord if you don't know Him. And I pray that tonight, 
And before this night ends, before this month ends, before the year ends, that you would come to know Him, whom to know is life everlasting. Friend, you're watching online tonight. I cannot see you, but you can see me. You can see us. Maybe you've tuned in tonight, but you don't know the Lord. You can pray right where you are as well. God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And as you pray that prayer, He will hear. He will forgive. He will save. He will give you the gift of everlasting life. Don't delay. Come now and you will know His joy and His peace in your heart. We'll bow in prayer. Father, settle us down now, we pray tonight, and let the Word be received into our souls and help us to mix that Word with faith so that we will grow thereby and be more useful in Your kingdom. Lord, show us. Open the door of service. Maybe someone here, Lord, tonight is asking, how may I serve? Or how may I serve more? Lord, I, I pray that as that prayer should be in all our hearts, that You would give very clear, unmistakable direction. Lord, save precious souls tonight and encourage our hearts. Hear our prayer now and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to ask that the ensemble will come now, the instruments, and play for us.
Well, the theme of that Christmas hymn is about peace on earth. And the only way that we will know peace on earth is having peace in our own hearts with Christ. And when the Prince of Peace comes back, well, that is when this whole world that is reeling upside down will know the true and lasting peace that there is in Him. Father, we pray tonight that You would part us in Your fear with Your rich blessing. Watch over every home, every family. Lord, help us as we go about our business in this incoming week. Make us all to be bright lights that shine in a dark world, to bring joy and peace and to show the way of everlasting life. So hear our prayers now, Father, for we ask these things now in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.